Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Ghosts and Grit. Hey, what's going on, guys? This episode features Katrina Weidman, who is my co-host on Portals to Hell. There is no shortage of weirdness. We got some poltergeists, we got some demonic activity, we got some really interesting characters. So don't miss it. If you are not familiar with Portals to Hell, you can check this episode out. Uh, it's season one, episode one, The Alaskan Hotel. You can go to the Discovery Plus app or the Travel Channel. How's it going? It's Jack Osborne. And Katrina Weidman. And we are here for a uh, very special behind-the-scenes look at, uh, well, and talk, really, about how uh, Portals to Hell is made. And we're going to kind of talk about... Um, yeah, like what goes into the episode, stuff that didn't quite make it, our thoughts on certain scenes, and we're just going to go through every episode from the first one all the way to our last episode. So, uh, yeah. How do you feel about that, Katrina? Uh, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> we had some weird experiences. We really did. And it is it's funny, like, when you kind of, you know, because we obviously we've been watching episodes, when you, like, look back at it, you're like, oh, yeah, then this and then that. And, you know, we film for five days and we have to, and we only use what, 44 minutes of five days of filming. And so there's so much stuff that just doesn't make it. And I th so for me, the hardest part going back and watching season one, at least, has been to see how awfully tired we were. <laughs> like, we just look like rags. <laughs> like, and I'm not even you, like me. I'm, I'm actually talking about me. I was just like, damn, girl, what is going on with you? And I think it's just... It was... I was just coming out of being in the UK for five months and filming over there. And then it was jumping into portals mm -hmm. and like we're in Alaska for the first one, which was like a 22 hour trip for me. And then Alaska was the craziest case I think I could ever be on. And it was also our first one together. Yeah. So I'm watching that episode. And I was just like, damn, you look rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, we'll dive into the nitty gritty. But like for people listening, like what's what what you've been what's been going on? Uh, what has been going? It's been a weird year yeah. because portals is canceled. Yeah, so that's... it's been a lot of self-reflection. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, where are you going in life? What are you doing with life? How did you get here? Uh, lots of that. I got bangs. Um, so bangs. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been the most exciting thing. Uh, no, just working on some projects behind the scenes and gotten back into my music, which has been really, really nice because cool. that's what I went to school for. Um, so that's, it's, I've just been focusing on some different projects. Nice. Yeah. yeah thank I, you. Uh, oh man. Just, you know, doing stuff with the kids. You know, I did some more of the Night of Terror episodes, which are like a, a very different beast from Portals to Hell. We've had some really kind of interesting stuff happen, especially this last season. Um, can you talk about it? Yeah, actually. Cause yeah, I can talk about it. I mean, when we, the, the thing that stands out the most and I'll, I'll actually, I'll show you the footage. Um, my mom, when we were investigating this place up in, uh, like not like near San, near uh, Ojai, this uh, this hotel. It was the uh, yeah Glen Tavern Inn. Thank you, Hannah. Um, the Glen Tavern Inn. My mom, like, it's the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. We were doing a um, 
an Estes experiment. So she had like the noise canceling headphones on and a blindfold and we were just having to kind of just say what came to mind. She like went in this like catatonic state hmm. and like stopped breathing. What? Yeah, it's the it's the craziest thing that, that I think has ever happened to me, like witnessing during an investigation. Did your mom, when she came out of it, did she know what happened to her? She she was she was unresponsive um, for about twenty minutes, and when she came round, um, she was just super kind of disorientated and just like I, she didn't know what was going on. Um, when she kind of regained her kind of. You know, she, we took her to the hospital, ambulance came, everything. Wow. And when she kind of came to, she's like, I just, I remember very little. Um, and yeah, and they ran every test imaginable. They ran, they, they ran like EKGs, uh, MRIs, CAT scans, a full blood panel, because they thought maybe it was a stroke or some kind of, um, what is it, uh, a trans ischemic was it a T T A I? Like a, it's like a mini stroke. Oh, and they they were like trying to figure out what happened, and the only thing that came back that was of just abnormality was her electrolytes were slightly off. But would that cause somebody to go into like a twenty minute coma? I I have I, that's what I kept saying. The doctor yeah. was like, "Well, she fainted," and then when I showed the footage, and I'm like, "No, she didn't faint." She's like, "No, no, she fainted." I showed them the footage, and they were like. Yeah, that's not fainting. <laughs> what the fuck? It's it's what yeah. I can actually I can actually yeah I want to see up. this. Well, what did your mom think coming out of it? Because I remember when I spoke to her, your when because you and I did a call with your parents. Yeah, and your dad was uh, very open to the supernatural, mm -hmm. and your mom, she and I kind of clicked on the thing of we don't really know what this is, but I got the vibe from her that she wasn't really a believer. She was, my mom is kind of, she's a, she's a believer when she's kind of in like engaging in it. It's, oh, it's out of sight, out of mind for her. Yeah. So like when all of a sudden she's investigating, well, I noticed when she was investigating, when she was like kind of seeing things that are kind of unexplainable, she was like, well, what is this? Like, this is, this isn't normal. Yeah. You know, like we, this place was, wasn't the most terrifying there was certainly some weird things that you know happened during the investigation like you know we had a couple doors slamming you know which you could turn around and say oh that that's the wind that's this we were in a room that had an exterior door and it sounded like someone was trying to get in and then it sounded like that someone was like stomping on the ceiling above us there was, there was weird stuff that would fall into the that shouldn't be happening so what is it kind of yeah. thing um but it honestly, I think the the event that happened to her has shifted her a little bit because it, it was really it was incredibly profound too. Let me. So did we effectively get her to change sides? I think it would be hard for her to not at least be more than a toe in now. I wish we had a bell. Right. Every time that we, we got somebody to like go to the other side, we could ring it and just like, got another one. You're a believer. Hold on, let me pull this up because you're going to freak when you see this. It's it's crazy. And it happens. And it's not like she just collapses. It's very slow. She Weird. slowly goes back. Her arms drop down. And I thought she was, because we were joking before she went in there. She yeah. was like, she was like, listen, she's like, I'm tired. I'll just, 
let's just get possessed and we'll all go home early. <laughs> and I was like, ha, ha, ha. Okay, funny, funny. I was like, wrong show. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so when Addison, our camera operator, yeah. who I, we've worked with for five years, has done every investigation with us, um, he he was radioing the director being like, hey, she's like, I don't, she's like not response. I don't know. Oh, she's really getting into it. Like, and then he's like, hey, this isn't, this doesn't feel right. Like, could someone come in? And at that point, it'd been about two minutes. And so I go in there and then like, I, she's not responding. And then she stopped breathing. It was like this whole fucking thing. Wow. Yeah. And like Addison was freaked. Like, I mean, everyone was freaked. There was a lot of like, a lot of panic, a lot of, a lot of, Wild. Yeah, it really was crazy. Because like we've done that so many times between you and me, between yep. guests we've had on other shows. And I don't know that I've ever seen somebody go into that deep of a thing. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to fast forward it a bit too because it is very kind of gradual. So there she is. She's just kind of sat. This is from Addison's camera. And then look, her head goes back. And I'll fast forward, because like I said, it's very slow. She's kind of breathing heavy. And look how wow. slow she's moving, and that's yeah. not slow-mo. Oh my gosh. She doesn't remember any of it. Has no recollection. Dude, that's really freaking weird. Isn't that fucking crazy? How has she been since this? She's been fine. It, it, honestly, when I say it was like nothing. Yeah. Two days later, she was Christmas shopping. That's bizarre. Yeah. That's on it. Like I, I sent this to Michelle Bellinger. What did, yeah. What did Michelle say? Michelle Michelle believes it was some kind of spiritual attack. Yeah. And look, yeah. she so she ends up just like that on the chair and I come in about a minute later. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Never seen anything like that. Never seen footage of anything like that. I've never and and the only reason why I'm kind of even going okay, maybe this is something in the paranormal yeah. is is because Every medical test imaginable was performed on her within 24 hours of this event. Right. And they found nothing. Right. Right. So when I, I called Michelle and I called Cindy, um, Cindy Kaza, and they both felt like there was some kind of like energetic attachment, something that was kind of, you know, oppressing her in, hmm. in that moment. And that the fact that she put the blindfold on and the headphones, it just kind of like quieted her head down enough and like just dropped her guard enough to where it could attack her I guess I mean I don't know how that shit it's really like, works well it's it's interesting some of the people I know who are the most sensitive to this stuff they purposely block it out either mm -hmm. with work drugs alcohol and I'm not trying to make a statement that people who do drugs and alcohol are spiritually like inclined <laughs> I'm not saying that but I'm just saying the people I know personally who um you know, are very, very sensitive. They always try to find a way to block it yeah. somehow because it's so intense for them. And uh, my very good friend who I think 
if she leaned into it, would probably be on the level of like a Cindy Michelle. Mm-hmm. She has always blocked it out. And anytime we go somewhere, she's such an empath. She can feel somebody's pain like the minute she sees them. Yeah. And she actually, she was house shopping. This is like this beautiful Victorian, like Queen Anne Victorian. And um, she loved it. It was for a steal. She gets upstairs to the attic, immediately runs out to throw up. Oh, wow. And so then she bought a different house because she's <laughs> just like, yo, spiritually or not, not a good sign. Yeah. But um, that's really interesting about your mom. And that yeah. is some of the most bizarre footage I've seen of somebody being in that moment. Because I, I, don't, I don't even know that I've seen a client do that before. I've n- in the investigations I've done, I've never seen that firsthand. And I've never seen footage of something like that happening. The only, the, I mean... Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have, other than in like a horror movie. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like I think I've had people send me footage, kind of similar, but I, yeah. you know, but it, then the questions come up of, okay, well, what's going on medically? Yeah, what were you guys doing before? Yeah. So what's really cool about this is exactly what you said, where you guys had her do all these medical tests and yeah. she came back clean. The only thing that the that a doctor suggested was. There is a potential it could have been some kind of narcoleptic attack. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that that's been and and the the funny thing is, right? It well, firstly, I got incredibly pissed off because it like instantly made the press that like, oh, you know, Sharon collapsed while filming. Oh my gosh, I remember that. But okay. they said filming an episode of Ghost Adventures. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm like, really? Yeah, I was like, really? You're going to do that? (laughs) Uh, And I immediately got on. I was like, online, I was like, not Ghost Adventures, (laughs) Night of Terror. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was... uh, of all people to happen to, like my mom, really. Yeah. Like I bring my mom on a, on a ghost hunt and then this happens and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Does she want to do another one? She wanted to and I and I said, you know what? I just don't feel comfortable and it's not necessarily because of solely what happened to you. I, I don't know. We don't know what caused it. So I don't want you mm. to be like working late into the night and like doing this really kind of physically strenuous work until yeah. we know what it was. So... That what was... if your mom ends up being the most powerful psychic that ever lived? She has like levitation abilities. You <laughs> She's bring like her to Magneto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be pretty cool. My mom is, you know, she is pretty psychic. She knows, she knows when someone's bullshitting. Mm, there you go. So what brings us here? Oh, the Alaskan Hotel. The Alaskan Hotel, yes. episode 101 of portals to hell and it was the uh the very first time you and i had ever worked together it was a weird introduction yeah (laughs) yeah it was literally off the plane and here's a camera let's go yeah um did you were you nervous doing this series nervous not in the like i i feel like i've been doing these shows for so long so i wasn't worried about that but it's always a little nerve-wracking when you're working with a new crew you're working with a new person because you just don't know how it's going to be and you don't you know sometimes personalities don't mix and um so i think that's always kind of scary it's like going to a new school Mm -hmm. you know and again i have that theater kid energy so i'm like like me (laughs) (laughs) which is so fucking annoying Um, but uh but so i guess nervous in that way but not in like a ghost way i wasn't nervous what about you um i was you know it's funny i was nervous in like the in 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 the way of like oh you know we're producing this and like i know and i knew that you were 
you have so much integrity when it comes mm. to ghost hunting that a lot of investigators don't. They're usually like, all right, how am I going to get out of here as quick as possible? <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, a ghost. Ah, I'm scared. Let's go home now. <laughs> uh, and you are so not that. Like mm. you are the you know one you know one of the few ghost hunters that I know that is like. If it takes film until six in the morning, I'm filming until six thirty in the morning. It's <laughs> like, um, and so I was a little nervous, like, oh man, like I, you know, we we obviously have to, we only have five days to do this, and there is a level of like story you have to kind of incorporate into the episode, and I was just worried, like, oh, I don't want Katrina to feel like that we're like staging stuff because mm. we're not, and it's just like, you know, it, I wanted to make sure that you were comfortable and that we were kind of upholding your kind of standards. Oh, well, I like that. Well, Thank you. Know, you. you know, I don't want to, I was like, I was like, damn, I don't want to piss off Katrina. <laughs> um, um, no, I think it was the most magical episode we filmed. I there was too. some magic on the Alaskan one. And it really I was. don't know what it was. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, it, it, for one, the setting is so strange. Mm. I remember like when we, when we come off the, when we do that shot at the airport and we, we're loading up the car and, and we're doing the kind of history beat as we're driving. I remember, do you remember we ran out of road? The oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there's only like one highway and it just like ended. And we were like, oh, I guess we got to turn around now and keep, because we were just talking and like, you know, you were, we were discussing the history of the hotel, which is, uh, I mean, and we have some notes here on it, but like there's no shortage. I mean, that place mm -mm. was like front and center during the kind of Alaskan gold rush days. And, uh, it saw everything. It's it. Well, well, we're talking, I mean, built 1913, <clears throat> very built, like, I mean, built to be grand mm -hmm. and beautiful. And of course, I think we've seen this so many places we've been, those places, especially in towns that are kind of just getting their boom, a lot of seedy shit went down. Yep. And the Alaskan was certainly no stranger to seedy shit. Yeah. And it continues. Yeah. Yeah. This is very true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what did you think of Betty when you first met her? I I don't know if I had an opinion of Betty when I first met her. I think it was just, oh, here's a nice lady who yeah. runs a hotel. Um, what did you think? I remember just like I she did have like a she there was a I can't quite put it in words, but there was a a presence to her. Like she mm. was like you could tell it was like this might be like a bit of a cliche term, but it's like you know, we've always been here. Like she, had, <laughs> she had that kind of like, you know, this is, she was a part of that hotel. Okay. When we were, we, okay. So Jack and I rewatched this episode together. And when we were rewatching it, I didn't say it to you, but I kept thinking that I'm, I'm just like, you know, there is kind of this vibe that's very the shining yeah. going on where what if all of them are ghosts except for Betty? <laughs> it would make a lot more sense in it, my mind. It absolutely would. You know, the um, the interesting thing, when, and I was noticing too while we were watching the episode, the rooms, they <laughs> they shoot way nicer than they actually were. <laughs> yeah, let's get into that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> tell us about your, uh, your experience in your hotel room. So I don't think mine was quite as bad as yours. No. So I was in room, uh, what is it, 219? What's my room number? You were, uh, I was two, uh, wait, was I? No, yeah, you were 219. 219. Yeah, and I was, what was I? 315. Okay, so Jack and I were on different floors for this investigation. And, you know, when we go into a place that we're going to sleep over, they want to put us in the most haunted location, the, the rooms that have the most history. And it's usually 
gruesome history. Mm -hmm. And so my room, the legend that surrounds it is that a woman named Alice, um, she was a working girl on the side and her boyfriend goes out of town. She decides to pick up some work. He comes home early, finds out, shoots her and then takes his own life. Not You know, uh, there's no fact behind that that we were able to tell that we've heard about since, but that's the legend. And everyone who stays in that room has some sort of experience. I think Betty has had uh, psychics. What didn't make it onto the show was Betty had talked about having psychics come in. And that's kind of where the story of Alice originated, that multiple psychics had said the same story repeatedly about that room. Um, So my room was fine as far as... I guess, environmental elements that could affect me. But I did have really messed up dreams. I don't remember what they were. I just remember they were bad and like murder. Then at some point, I do remember this, waking up to feeling like hands were crawling on the inside of my legs in a very sexual manner. Hmm. And I, the word I kept using in the episode was it felt violating. Yeah. I remember you telling telling me that and you were kind of yeah. like I could tell you were trying to be a little bit more uh like holding back. I mean I totally I mean that's just coming back to me now but like people were getting freaked out in that building. Yeah. And then my room was like I mean there was allegedly like black magic rituals <laughs> had happened, you know, had taken place in there. Um a uh, someone like a sub a submariner from the navy like went crazy in that room and like cut himself up and threw himself out the window and and you actually talked to the cop didn't you yes, who was I did. there what so okay so when Jack and I do these things we're not always together we get split up and so we don't hear the full story from yeah. each other all the time so I actually never heard the full story of your interview okay so the with when I spoke when I spoke to the cop what happened was this guy he was I guess he'd been on a submarine he had to leave in Juno they were all hanging out he goes into this room and I think he, as I recall him saying, like he wanted this most haunted room there. He proceeds to get really drunk and then like loses his marbles, just goes nuts. And um, yeah, it's just, it was one of those things where like, I, I that story's kind of creepy as it is, but then when you hear the recording yeah. and talking to the cop who was like, I'd never really seen something like that. It was uh it, it was intense and like for me like it was the first episode so I'm kind of feeling out the crew and the producers who mm. had worked with in the past but uh, you know you, I've done this long enough to where I'm like all right mm-hmm. where's the bullshit like yeah. and it was all true like I saw the police report I saw the recordings we did actually have oh no there wasn't body it was the it was the recording I'm just because I'm remembering more of the recording like the like you could hear them like coming up the stairs and it was like this whole whole drawn out kind of episode and and what we didn't show was that window actually wasn't like an open window to like the outdoors that window if you look it it was maybe a foot away or two feet away was the other building next to it so he didn't actually like launch out the window he like slid down a a three-story like hole between buildings oh god and so they had to like get him out with the fire department it was like this whole thing what do you after talking to the cops hearing the footage seeing everything and you've worked as a cop yep what do you make of it 
the only thing, like, rationally speaking, the only thing that I could turn around and go, like, okay, this could make sense, is that you're dealing with someone who's a submariner, who's been in a fucking tube mm. under the ocean for, like, six months. He comes out, he's able to, like, breathe fresh air, <laughs> drink booze, and just, like, he just got maybe dealing with depression or some kind of mental health crisis, got way plastered and just lost his marbles. That's mm. the, like, the rational thought. But when you throw in the fact that the Alaskan hotel has like a rich history of like occult practices and <laughs> spirits and portals and demons, it's like, I'm like, oh, okay, like coincidence, maybe, you know, paranormal occurrence, possibly, like, I don't know. Yeah. Um. All right, let's talk about Joshua. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Joshua is not of this earth. <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, that was, I was very um, surprised at, uh, at Joshua as a, as a, as a witness mm. and as, like, but not surprised in like a, a bad way. Like I was like, wow, this guy's like super intense, very well educated, yeah. very knowledgeable of, you know, the paranormal, the occult. He spoke fucking Latin. Yeah. Um, I once again, I was like, I would, I went to, you know, our, our showrunner and one of our supervising producers, and I was like, "Is this guy? Did you guys cast this guy? Like, this is, <laughs> this is too real." Yeah. And they were like, "No, that's that's this is the um, the owner's son. Like, <laughs> this is the guy." And I think you can see it in our faces, though, like watching back. So the first time Jack and I meet Josh. We're at the bar. So what you guys see in that scene, that's the first time we're meeting this man. And just knowing us now, like I know my faces, you know your faces, but when I watch back and I see your face, <laughs> and I'm sure you feel the same way about me, we're both like, what the actual fuck is happening? Yeah. It, it felt like we were being punked at first, <laughs> that we were being set up, and it was some yeah. colossal joke. And um, but, but it wasn't. Dude, the information he gave us, like the death in the the hot tub in the basement and like he was the guy that gave him CPI like and then just going to the basement with him and he just started spouting off Latin. Yeah, which I don't know Latin. So I don't even know if I'm assuming it was Latin. It sounded pretty convincing. Yeah, he was uh, the Charlie story, this man dying in the hot tub, Josh being the first one to get him out of the hot tub doing CPR. Um, and then he takes us into the boiler room, which is normally not a good sign for someone you just met. Yeah, come, <laughs> come see the boiler room. Um, he said something really interesting to us, and I didn't pick up on it until we watched the episode back. We asked a question of, because at this point, he's telling us there's demons here. You guys would call them demons. And they're back here in this corner. Like, this is where the demons are, in this corner. Okay. And we asked why, like, why would they be in this corner? And his quote, I have no idea why a demon would be in this particular place. And he didn't mean it as in the Alaskan. He meant it as in this corner. Yeah. And I didn't realize until we were watching back, like, oh, fuck, that was a tell. That's interesting. That's a tell. And we totally missed it because <laughs> it, because we were like our whole time on this investigation and you see me say it in the episode where I'm like, I can't wrap my head around this. And I was being very, very kind in that moment. But what I was feeling inside was 
you're not telling us the whole story, dude. Like, and I know it. Like, yeah. Jack knows it. We all know it. What is going on here? And um, I didn't realize until watching it back that he was basically telling us, like, oh, I know why they would be other places in this building, yeah. but, like, in this, this corner? Oh. But, I mean, do you believe that he was dabbling into into kind of the dark arts, if you will? Okay. We're going to have some real talk. Okay. I think you already know this because I think I told you. I have not said this publicly yet. When we wrapped, so we had our evidence reveal. Mm -hmm. You and I had spoken, and I said I was a little concerned leaving without making sure he had resources if he needed them. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've spent, uh, gosh, since 2008, I've been volunteering as a crisis counselor. And you volunteer as a cop. So there's certain things you see that kind of raise a flag of, yeah. you know, sh should we see if this person is okay? And I was getting some of those flags. And so I pull, it on my, I pull him aside and I said, hey, you know, I just, you know, how was filming for you? Was this process okay? Um, cause it can be really stressful. And yeah. if you've never done camera work before, and especially, I just want to say this too. Like, I, I don't believe we have the whole story there, but I don't believe that's deceitful either because we're asking, we're, we're like waltzing in there being like, Hey, we're going to do this TV show and this ghost investigation and tell you everything in three days. And like, we're expecting people to pour out everything about themselves on camera for people they just met. And I just... Like, I don't blame people for holding back and not, I, I want it, you know? So the fact that he slow, he did like a slow release of information for us, I don't blame him. Um, Cause I probably would have done the same thing in some form, but I'm having this side conversation with him. I was just like, I just want to make sure you're okay. Like, you know, can we, do you have somebody to talk to? You seem really stressed out. Um, you know, and I know his relationship with his mom wasn't the best at the time or there had been some tension there before. And uh, he felt really, what he told me, he felt great about everything. He liked working with everybody. Um, I know he and his mom felt really good about the episode and you know it, it opened up some channels for them as far as speaking to each other. So that was all great. But then he drops on me. He's like, well, he's like, but there's other things. I'm like, oh, okay, like what? Do you wanna talk about them? And he tells me that he was involved in, I think it was three exorcisms where he was the person that they had to exorcise. Hmm. And he proceeds to tell me the story that it was part of, uh, there's covens in Juneau and he was part of them. And again, I'm gonna make the disclaimer, just because there's a coven doesn't mean there's something bad happening. You know, uh, friends with plenty of people who are in covens. But I don't know if it was this particular coven that had ill intent mm -hmm. behind what they were doing or if they just accidentally opened things. Mm. But it was very much believed that he was under either oppression or some sort of having bouts of possession. Yeah. You know? That's interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. Well, I mean, he, like I said, he definitely was um, committed to the lifestyle. Oh yeah, the parent. Yep. Yeah, he. I mean, didn't didn't make the cut, but he showed me his diaries. His diaries oh. were written entirely in Latin. Weren't they also backwards? It was something. I don't know if it was backwards, but I know he said he wrote them entirely in Latin in case someone came across them, they couldn't read it. Yeah, uh, and. Which I thought was like, 
okay, like, dude, you are really, like, you're in. Yeah. And, uh, but like I said, we never knew any of this when we were pre-producing this episode. You know, when we found the location, when we when the producers had spoken to Betty, spoken to Joshua, they didn't know it was this, that intense there. But, you know, there was stuff that I said, though, that just didn't make it on camera, which unfortunately was farm, like, when, remember the shelf in the basement that like completely ripped oh, off the wall? Yeah, yeah. That that happened. We had um, uh, one of our crew. There was something. Didn't he wake up with like someone in his room? There was some. I thought that was Pete. Was that Pete? Was Wasn't that you? you? No, I think it was. Uh, no, it was. Um, it was Scott. 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 Had, Scott was having weird stuff in his room where yeah. he was like hearing stuff and um and. And uh, and Elaine, our showrunner, she kept seeing like this little girl in the bar room, like looking at her. So it was, it, it wasn't, and just like a lot of times when we're filming, it doesn't only happen to us. Yeah, you know, it happens to everyone in the space while we're while we're participating. Um, so it was. Uh, that was just magic for this episode. Yeah, it was. It's probably going back and watching all the episodes. It was my favorite. Me too. Me too, because it like it's the creepiest. The setting is weird. Juno's just a, a very strange place mm-hmm. to begin with, and then you throw in you know some strange Latin speaking coven. Um. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean honestly, Josh, it was it was like the best interview ever. Yeah, like he he's just so great, and then you have the creepiness, and like it was just a slow leak of information. It was just so such a good good investigation yeah. and episode. Um. Now, you know, when I was watching the episode, there's a lot of, uh, they use the term poltergeist a lot. Mm. And, you know, you and I have had kind of long discussions about, you know, what we think, you know, a poltergeist is, a demon, this or that, you know, we go back and forth. Where do you land with, okay, what is a poltergeist? Like, what is it to you? So there's a couple schools of thought and I don't know what... Wait, like where I land with it because I try to remain pretty objective. Mm-hmm. But generally, I think when we see people talk about our poltergeist, it's because there's uh, the erratic, sometimes violent movement of objects is usually what it is. Like, you know, you hear about the stacking of chairs or um, like a material uh, appearing out of thin air. And sometimes people get so close to their poltergeist that they name it. Mm. And um, but the different schools of thoughts that exist is either it is some sort of, you know, erratic uh, noise making ghost. It's a person, usually a female going through puberty who is causing it. Um, If you want to think of Carrie in a way. And then the third one is that it's something more malevolent disguising itself as something a little friendlier Mm. to gain your trust. Yeah, it is. uh... I think it is a term that is kind of misused. Yeah. You know, they think like if anything it's like, oh, it's a poltergeist. Well, why is it a poltergeist? I kind of <laughs> I kind of do like the the kind of prepubescent teenager drumming it up with like feelings <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it because to me it's like it's just an it's just the spirit feeding on teen angst <laughs> well you have four daughters i do so, so my uh, house is gonna be like poltergeist <laughs> paradise your house is gonna like levitate and go into a black hole at some point <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it is weird though how that does happen a lot you know there is a lot of reports of like oh crazy poltergeist activity 
And there's a, you know, there's a teenager in the house. Yeah. Well, the first time, what's interesting, so in uh, in Europe, you hear that term a lot. In America, it didn't really come into pop culture until the 50s. And it was because there was a family in Seaford, New York, who had intense activity for six weeks mm. and then stopped. And it was a, it's still an open police case. Um, they had psychologists who witnessed the events. They had police officers who witnessed the events. They had journalists who witnessed the events. Um, and everyone thought they were full of shit until they saw it for themselves. Is this the one where the the like fire was appearing out of nowhere? I don't think there was fire, but okay. they had um, there was like a 250 pound bookcase that got lifted up and thrown. Wow! And uh, there was a journalist who witnessed. Oh, gosh, what was I think he saw a globe from the little boy's room move on its own. Mm. Um, and there's this I mean, there's all this news footage from the 50s of them talking about it. And then I think it was Life magazine who put them on the cover. I think they were on the cover. But that's the first time in pop culture that we see that word come through in America. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. But that's also where the pubescent stuff comes through, because there was a guy named William G. Roll, who was a parapsychologist. And his theory was it was the kids. It was mm. emanating from them because they were both teenagers at the time. Yeah. Now, you've slept in a lot of paranormal locations. Yeah. As far as you, know, you mentioned about like being kind of felt up by mm. some or at least feeling like you were um, by something that wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, what is the the worst place you've had to sleep in as far as like activity while you're sleeping? Activity while I'm sleeping. There were a lot of bad ones. I'm trying, uh, worst place, oh, well, I've slept in two morgues, like in the body shoot. Thing. What the fuck? I know, weird life choices I've made. I feel like that's <laughs> like, that's like ghost hunting cutting. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> I just need to feel, I just need to feel. <laughs> yeah, hence the self-reflection this last year. Um, yeah, I've slept in two morgues, one at Trans-Allegheny and one at uh, uh, Waverly Hills. Mm. And the just, Waverly Hills one was, it wasn't that bad. It was kind of really? cozy. Okay. Yeah. Um, Trans-Allegheny sucked because it was all like rusted out and there were bugs everywhere. And you know how I am about oh. bugs. Like. That was probably the worst, uh, but but on portals we got to sleep in a couple places. How did you feel about sleeping at the Alaskan? The Alaskan, I I did, I don't know if it was just in my head because everyone was like, oh, this place is fucked up. Yeah. Um, but I did have all the lights on when I was trying to sleep. Yeah. I just didn't feel comfortable turning the lights, and I have to sleep in like complete blackness. Like if there's like a little slither of light, like in my bedroom at home. I'm not sleeping. Were you comfortable being in your underwear on camera? Because at some point you're just in your boxers. Uh, I think I forgot. Um, I do. Yeah. No, I think I just forgot that the camera was there. Um, now, there was an instance that happened when we filmed in. Uh, we'll get to that episode. But do you remember when we filmed in um, Colorado at that inn? And, oh, and I was I yes. totally forgot there was cameras in my room. And I'm just walking around naked, just <laughs> letting it all hang out. And I go to our producer. I'm like, "Hey, we need to delete that footage." <laughs> but this camera recorded everything onto a fucking cloud, <laughs> and so we had to like call the tech support company to be like, "Hey, we need to delete some footage." And then the woman was like, 
well, what's on camera? And <laughs> thinking that we like fucking murdered someone and we're trying to delete the footage. <laughs> were was... you like, it's Jack Osborne's dick. Like, we can't have it out there. <laughs> She'd be like, who? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like my moment with yeah, the no, paranormal. Right. Like, yeah, the paranormal. Um, yeah, Penn State kids. Um, yeah, no, that was. I, yeah, I'm usually. It's funny. When I was doing the Osbournes, my, my rules were don't film me while I eat mm, mm-hmm. and don't film me. While I sleep or first thing when I wake up in the morning. Those were like my, like, if you violate those rules, you're going to really piss me off. Um, and I kind of, yeah, it's funny. I, I, I really, that's, I, I still don't like that. I hate being filmed eating. Yes. I hate like when I'm sleeping or waking up in the morning. I'm the same exact way. And it's funny you said that about the sleeping thing. Cause I always thought I was the only one that cared. Yeah. Now. I did, there was a couple things that I, I noticed in the episode, which were like, I kind of made me chuckle to myself. The first was, I noticed for me, every time, and I, because I, I don't often watch the episode, any show I do, I kind of do it, I'll watch a rough cut, whatever, I'm like, all right, fine. Um, but I noticed that when I get nervous or tired, I scratch my head. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so if you're watching the show and you ever see me like scratching my head, it's always because I'm tired or nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this weird habit that I have. I don't know why. Do you do, you do anything when you're like nervous or scared? Nervous or scared. Um, if I'm by myself, I'll sing to myself mm. if I'm scared. But on camera... I think I pretty much suppressed all of my feelings, which probably isn't good. Probably not healthy. But <laughs> hey, go, paranormal cutting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, let me just sleep in the morgue. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the only thing I think that's really obvious about me on camera, and you can see it in this episode, um, is when I don't believe somebody is telling me the truth. Mm. It's so freaking obvious on my face, and I can't hide it. Like, I just cannot hide it. Yeah. Um, and I think you can see it pretty well when I watching back the episode. Um, and it's not, again, like I think Josh is great and I don't blame him for not telling us everything at like all up front because he doesn't know us. Yeah. And it sounds like there was a lot going on for him. But I just I, like we could feel it like yeah, you're not sure. like you guys are not telling us everything. Um, so I think that. Yeah, you can see that in both of us on this episode. Yeah, because I, I think for me, I was just, when he was sharing stuff, I just felt so, like, confused because I was going, mm-hmm. is this guy fucking with us? Yeah. Does he, like, I would, so many thoughts were going through my head, but I don't think he was fucking with us. I don't know. I honestly think he was honest. I just think he was, he didn't want to reveal everything because he doesn't know us. Yeah. You know? Um, I also, I, I did find it funny, though, when you saw the, um, when you saw that like wispy ghost. Oh yeah. <laughs> you were just like, I just saw this thing. It appeared and then it, did. and you were just so like mellow about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Whereas most people would be like, what the fuck I, I was know. that? <laughs> I know, well it's funny cause I, as I'm in the basement with Elaine, you know, she's freaking out because the little blinky thing goes off mm-hmm. and uh, then she's freaking out because we hear a footstep. And at one point she's like, oh my God. I'm like, it's a good thing. Like, <laughs> like, like we're trying to get the ghost to come to us. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think we kind of, is there anything else that we're missing from this episode? Would you go back? Would I go back? Um, I'd definitely pop in. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of Alaskan crab, so like <laughs> they have a great little Alaskan crab shack there. <laughs> if I'm ever in Juneau, I would I would dip in and uh, you know, <laughs> you know, 
say a little hello to old uh, Joshua. Maybe ask him when the next uh, coven meeting is. Yeah, yeah. It was great though. Yeah. I, would, I, I, I probably would go back to Juno because I think it's a cool place to go visit. I don't know that I'd stay there, but I'd definitely go back and say hi to Josh and Betty. I thought they yeah. were great. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think uh, I think we we beat the hell out of episode 101. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, folks listening, be on the lookout. There's going to be more of these episodes coming soon. Thanks for listening. And uh, Katrina, any last words? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hail Satan. <laughs> Hail Satan. All right. So uh, make sure you click like and subscribe below. Uh, just like every YouTuber says, what's the next episode? Next episode, we're going to be revisiting Bobby Mackey's Music World, which is probably the most notorious haunted location in all of America, if not the world. This one was a wild ride, and you guys are definitely going to want to tune in. Hell yeah.